بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا مليرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم عمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطيع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوضا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم اصدق الحديث كتاب الله 
wa khairul hadi hadi Muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa sharrul umuri muhdatsatuha wa kullu muhdatsatin bid'ah wa kullu bid'atin dhalalah wa kullu dhalalatin finnar My dear respected brothers sisters elders we are on the series of khutab relating to the leadership style and the leadership lessons that we can learn from the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. In Surah Al-Fatiha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu taught us a dua. And that dua is, اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ O Allah guide us to the path of steadfastness, the path of istiqamah. And this is the second quality of leadership that we find in Rasulullah after the first one, which is complete faith and yaqeen in his message and in his mission. Truly, he was on the Siratul Mustaqim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is the witness of Rasulullah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ياسين والقرآن الحكيم إنك لمن المرسلين على صراط مستقيم. Allah subhanahu wa taala Himself declared Yasin, which is one of the huruf al-muqattaat of the Quran, which only Allah knows the knows the meaning of, and is also known to be one of the names by which Allah subhanahu wa taala addressed Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah said, Allah took an oath by His own kalam, by the Quran. He said, by the Qur'an, which is Al-Qur'an Al-Hakim, which is full of wisdom, truly you, truly you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, are one of the messengers. And you are on the path of Sirat Al-Mustaqim. I reflect and I, I invite you to reflect on the fact that this is the dua that we make in every rakat of every salah, no matter what kind of salah it is, whether it is fard or sunnah or nafil or whatever. Suratul Fatiha is a rukun of the salah. Without the Suratul Fatiha, the salah is not valid. So we make this dua in every salah. We need to reflect on how much we practice the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu We do not want to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and answer if he should ask us that you used to make this dua to be guided to the Sirat al-Mustaqim, which was the Sirat, which was the path of my Nabi alayhi salam. And this path was there for you, it was open for you. How come you did not walk on that path? So this dua, was it a lie? Was it a joke? Was it a, an act, something we are doing as part of a script in a drama? Or are we serious about this? When we say, Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqim, do we really mean this? Looking at it through the lens of our materialistic vision, the whole period of prophethood in Makkah of 13 years appears to be a period of disappointment after disappointment. If one were to look for material signs of success, there are none. Any lesser person would have given up. Especially if you take two things into account. One, that he did not, that he did not know it would be 13 years. 
Today we say 13 years, but when Nabi Sallallahu was going through that and the Sahaba were going through that, they did not know that there is an ending date on this. And secondly, being that he was Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Jalla Jalaluhu's messenger, he had the right to expect exceptional help and protection from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. How did he sustain himself and not get disheartened? When materially that exceptional help and that exceptional protection did not seem to be there. How did Rasulullah continue with his mission, his energy and his commitment undiminished? Standing in the night and connecting to his Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu and working through the day to take his message to anyone who would stop to listen. No matter how they reacted or what they did, he never lost patience, never got angry, never reacted. Never reacted to their bad behavior and he never gave up his mission or even slacked in the slightest in propagating it. For him and his mission, there were no weekends and no holidays and no intervals. He worked constantly day and night without respite. Other than complete and total faith, what can sustain such effort? The Ambiya had this steadfastness to a level of excellence. In our lives, one of the many critical lessons to learn is how to sustain effort in the face of disappointment and apparent failure. To develop steadfastness, we need another quality and that is resilience. Resilience is the capacity to rise from every fall. As the Chinese proverb goes, if you fall six times, rise seven times. The race doesn't end when you fall, it ends when you fail to rise. This was a quality of all the Anbiya salam, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reflect on how Nuh was able to continue his preaching in the face of opposition for 950 years. Resilience is what kept Ibrahim salam going, traveling from one land to another with a handful of people, handful of followers, preaching the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liked this so much that he made Ibrahim salam Khalilullah, he made him his Khalil. And he called him a nation unto himself. Inna Ibrahim kana ummatan qanitan lillahi hanifa wa lam yaku minal mushrikeen. In Surah Nahal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Verily, Ibrahim alayhi salam was an ummah, a nation to himself, by himself, obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and monotheistic, hanifan. And he was one of those who were, uh, he was not one of those who were the mushrikeen. So also was the case of all the prophets and messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were all steadfast and resilient. Success typically comes after some time. Sometimes after a long time. Steadfastness is the quality that ensures that you are still there at the tipping point. Tipping point is where the center of gravity of an object shifts outside its base and it tips over. For example, to convert the massive potential energy in a massive flywheel of a generator, to convert the potential energy into kinetic energy which produces electricity, we turn it. Normally you use an electrical device of some kind to turn it, but where there is no electrical device, 
I lived in a place in Guyana in South America on the bank of the Burbis River where there was no electrical device. The only electricity was produced by that generator. So once in a year when the generator was down for maintenance, restarted, we all had to put our backs into it and turn that massive flywheel. The flywheel was the, practically the size of this, uh, the, the height of this room. Massive iron thing. And literally you felt that you would bust your gut and get a hernia or something. Until you feel a slight tremor in that and then it tilts and then it runs for the next whole year. You don't have to touch it because it just goes on. It takes sustained effort to produce results. In the seerah of Rasulullah the downturn to his popularity started from the moment he announced Islam. When he stood on the hill of Safa and called his people to Islam, they turned against him. Difficulties started to mount. His followers like Bilal bin Rabah and others were tortured to force them to leave Islam and stop following him. Others like Sumayya bin Tukhayyat who was a slave of Abu Hudayfa Ibn al-Mughira al-Maghzumi and her husband Yasir bin Amir radiallahu anhu who were from, he was from the uh, Malik clan of the Madhij tribe in Yemen. They were tortured and murdered by Amr ibn Hisham al-Maghzumi also known as Abu Jahl. They were the first two shuhada in Islam and the first of them being Sumayya bin Khayyat radiallahu anha. Yet not one of them left Islam. Struggles succeed because those who are struggling never lose hope. They don't complain because they are too busy enjoying the fight. Someone asked Sayyidina Bilal bin Rabah radiallahu anhu, which had been the best time in his life. And he replied, the best time in my life was when my slave owner Umayyah bin Khalaf used to put me without my shirt on the hot baking sand of the desert in the blazing sun and would put a heavy rock on my chest, demanding that I leave Islam to escape his punishment. I would reply by calling loudly, Ahadun Ahad, Ahadun Ahad. They asked him, why did you do that? He said, because that made Umayyah mad. He went crazy with rage. Now imagine, Sayyidina Bilal Radilano knows what Umayyah, what makes him mad, what makes him crazy with rage. And he also knows what would have cooled his anger. So that he would have stopped torturing Sayyidina Bilal. Yet, he deliberately does what enrages his slave master. That is the meaning of courage. And being true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must choose. When we choose Allah over the dunya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens doors for us where there was no door. Bilal bin Rabah radiallahu anhu was freed. By Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. And he became the muazzin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam And one of his closest companions. And a member of his household. Aqulu qawli hadha astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa lisail muslimin fastaghfiru. Innahu huwa al-ghafuru rahim. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى 
ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد i want to conclude by a story of steadfastness and resilience from our time and this community someone who chose allah subhanahu wa taala over her career wikipedia says about bilqis abdul qadir born 11th november 1990 to tariq and alwa abdul qadir i mention her parents because parents who raise a child like bilqis must be honored wikipedia says and i quote Bilqis is an American former collegiate basketball player. She was notable for pay, for playing basketball while being completely covered, showing no skin except for her hands, while wearing a headscarf, the hijab. Bilqis scored 3070 points in her high school career, setting the all-time scoring record in Massachusetts. The following 2010-2011 season, she played in 34 games. and averaged 3.9 points and 1.3 rebounds per game this season marked the first time in ncaa history that a player played in hijab bilqis abdul qadir was awarded the united states basketball writers association's most courageous award at the ncaa women's final four for being recognized as the first muslim woman to play covered in ncaa history Bilqis's hopes were to continue playing professionally in Europe but were diminished when she was informed of the rule from the International Basketball Federation FIBA that prohibits headgear larger than 5 inches. Bilqis Abdul Qadir fought for her rights as a Muslim woman and eventually won. FIBA ruled in her favor in 2017. What I find most interesting in this whole account in Wikipedia is that when Bilqis is mentioned in Wikipedia or elsewhere It's not her basketball scores that are mentioned first but her hijab. It is her obedience to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala not shooting baskets which defines her. And therefore the question to you and myself is did Bilqis sacrifice her career because she never played internationally in Europe thanks to this she was too old to play. What do you think? Did you do you think she sacrificed her career? <clears throat> I say that Bilqis Abdul Qadir is a very smart woman. She did not sacrifice her career she changed her career and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened a door for her to a legacy that is far bigger than basketball her legacy is to inspire millions generation after generation to aspire for the stars while retaining their identity and pride that is what the hijab ban made possible without that ban Bilqis Abdul Qadir would have been a top basketball player with the ban she became an icon for others in the struggle not only women and not only muslim to look up to and take courage from and hope from that is truly something worth fighting for for in the end we will not be asked what happened we will be asked what did you do Bilqis's greatest moment will come when she meets her rabb jalla jalaluhu and he will ask her what did you do for me and she will say my rab for me 
you were first. My brothers and sisters, difficulties are qualifying exams. They come to build our strength and take us to a higher level. But only when we face them with our best effort and tawakkul on Allah, not when we run away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed us how to do that. And he said, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sta'inu bis sabri wa salah. Inna allaha ma'as sabirin. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah said, Oh, you who believe, seek help in patience and as salah. Truly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with as sabirin, the people who have steadfastness. As the quote is, the quote goes, they tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. That's the fruit of resilience and steadfastness. I mentioned Bilqis Abdul Qadir for another reason. And that's because she's a signing example of the Sadqatul Jariah that every parent is given the opportunity to create. Yesterday we lost one of our dear elders and brothers, Munir Abdul Hamid Aukal, who leaves behind six sons and a daughter and many grandchildren. Alhamdulillah, they are his Sadaqa Jariah. His passing is a reminder for us that a day will come when we will also be summoned to meet our Rabb Jalla Jalalu. About that time, Abu Huraira reported that Rasulullah said, when a human being, when a person dies, his or her deeds end except for three. Sadaqa Jariya, ongoing charity, beneficial knowledge that he taught to others, or a righteous child who prays for him. And this is a Sahih Hadith in Sahih Muslim. I remind myself and you that wealth is not measured in terms of liabilities but assets. Our real net worth is not measured in material things but in our deeds and what we spend in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In that perhaps the most important are our children. How we raise them will determine how they will benefit us after we are gone. I am speaking to the many young parents here. You have an opportunity to raise children who will be your sadaqa jariya when you are gone. For that, you must introduce them to Allah. You must inspire them with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And you must attach them to the masjid. But then you can only give what you have. So ask yourself, if you know Allah, how can you introduce somebody you don't know? Ask yourself, if you are inspired by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the one who is not inspired cannot inspire anybody else. And ask yourself if you are attached to the masjid. These three questions every single one of us needs to ask ourselves. Let us use the reminder of the passing of our brother Munir Aukal to reflect on the time when we will be in his place. Waiting for our children to wake up in tahajjud and pray and make dua for us. Will they do it? Let me give you a test. Did you wake up in tahajjud and make dua for your parents and grandparents today? If you did it, they will do it for you. If you did not do it, may Allah give you the hayat. Tomorrow is another chance. What we leave behind in material wealth are our liabilities. 
for which we will be questioned if they are halal and punished if they are haram. May Allah protect us from his punishment. Our assets are those that we send ahead of us for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep and reward us in keeping with his majesty and grace. For he said, وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَعَاتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَأَقْرِضُوا اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ تَجِذُوهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ هُوَ خَيْرًا وَعَاظَمَ عَجْرًا وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمٌ He said in Surah Al-Muzammil, and establish salah and give zakat and lend to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a good loan and whatever good you send before you for yourselves, you will certainly find it with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better and greater in reward. And seek the forgiveness of Allah. Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is of forgiving and most merciful. Let us make dua for our brother Munir Awkal. Allahumma aghfir lahu wa arhamhu. Wa afihi wa afu anhu. Wa akrim nuzulahu. Wa wasi' mudkhalahu. Wa aghsilhu bil ma'i wa thalji wal barat. وَنَقِّهِ مِنَ الْقَطَايَا كَمَا نَقَّيْتَ الثَّوْبُ الْأَبْيَدُ مِنَ الدَّنَسِ وَأَدْخِلْهُ الْجَنَّةِ وَعَيْزُهُ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ وَعَذَابِ النَّارِ اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر لنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات برحمتك يا أزيز يا غفار We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fill our brother Munir's قبر with nur and to make it among the, um, a garden among the gardens of Jannah. And we make the same dua for all the Muslims, all our parents, grandparents, children, whoever has passed away. The same for all of them, which is to free them from the adab of the qabr and the adab of the nar. And to make their qubur a, pay, a place of tranquility and beauty. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to resurrect all the Muslims with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sahaba. On the day of judgment, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant all the Muslims shade under his shade when there will be no shade except his shade. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cause and decree for us that we will be given the opportunity and honor to greet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with salam on his house. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decree that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will accept our salam and make dua for us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decree that we, act, that we are given the water of Al-Kawthar by the blessed hand of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decree that we pass over the sirat in, in safety behind Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by the hukum and protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and are granted entry into Jannatul Firdausul A'la bi ghayri hisab without accounting. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the company of Rasulullah in Jannah to be at his feet and to listen to him reciting Quran al-Kareem. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his own ruya to see him as Rasulullah promised. He said you will see your Rabb like you see the sun and the moon. We ask Allah to enable us and allow us to see him and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us to be among those who will hear the announcement made that your Rabb is pleased with you and will never be displeased. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي 
اللہ اکبر